0: Amen. I had started working on a message down there or out there when I was at Heather's, you know, Jake and Heather's out in Rockford, hadn't finished it up, worked on it a little bit the other day, was working on it this afternoon, called Pastor Kenny in my office, I said I got a couple ideas with this, it's going here, here, and here, and by the time he got done, okay, we were going back and forth on some things, guess what message you're not getting tonight? And you may not get it Sunday because it kind of took me in about eight or ten different directions. I meant said something to him and then he said, I says, you're interested? All of a sudden he couldn't do what he was doing. He had to talk to, we were looking at what the message would be. So tonight we're going to do a message from John chapter 3. If you'll turn there. But again, I spent a lot of time with grandchildren. Okay, and I haven't been able to. And so I want to, what makes a grandma so smart? I was out walking with my grandson. He picked up something off the ground and started to put it in his mouth. I took the item away from him and I asked him not to do that. This is his grandmother. Why, my grandson asked, because it's been on the ground. You don't know where it's been. It's dirty and probably has germs. Sometimes germs makes little boys sick and not feel good, I replied. At this point, my grandson looked at me with total admiration and asked, Grandma, how do you know all this stuff? You're so smart. I was thinking quickly and I said to him, all grandmas know stuff, it's on the grandma test you have to know it or they don't let you be a grandma. We walked along in silence for two or three minutes, but he evidently pondered this new information. He says, oh, I get it, he bean. So if you don't pass the test, you have to be the grandpa? (laughs) Exactly, I replied with a big smile on my face. That's kind of way I felt like that. Amen. Okay, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And how many of you ate things that you shouldn't have ate over Christmas, New Year's? Be honest. I'm starting a cleanse with a whole bunch of people in the church. That's Friday. That's if our cleanse comes in. My wife is going to do it with me now because misery loves company. And. You know, you eat things, and do you ever question how things are? Was that clean? Was it not clean? What was this, you know? I ate way too much sugar, but there there was a situation where a man went to visit his 90-year-old grandfather, and he scheduled, you know, it was in a secluded rural area of the state, and after spending the night, the grandfather prepared breakfast for him, for his, his grandson, of eggs and bacon but the son or the grandson noticed a film like substance on his plate and he questioned his grandfather are these plates clean and the grandfather replied those plates are as clean as cold water can get them so go on and finish your meal that afternoon while eating a hamburger his grandfather made for lunch he noticed tiny specks around the edge of his plate and a substance that looked like dried egg yolks so he asked again are you sure these plates are clean Without looking up from his hamburger, the grandfather said, I told you before, these dishes are as clean as cold water can get them. Now don't ask any more about it. Later that afternoon, while he was on his way out to get dinner in a nearby town, as he was leaving, the grandfather's dog started to growl and would not let him pass. So he said to his grandfather, your dog won't let me out. And without diverting his attention from the football game he was watching, the grandfather shouted, cold water, get out of the way and let him out. Think about it.
1: Oh,
0: dog's mouths are cleaner than human mouths. That's been said. There's more germs in a human mouth. A human bite is more infectious than a dog's bite. You don't care. You don't want to jump. So they're going to say, don't clean. Okay, let's go to. Let's go to. John chapter three, that's a two, huh? Well, if that's how bad it is, I can't end on a two. Two blonde ladies in California were sitting outside on a cool, clear evening looking at the moon and talking. One asked, which do you you think is farther away, Florida or the moon? The other lady replies with an eye roll, Hello, can you see Florida from here? Yeah. All right, John chapter 3, please. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, John chapter 3. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak that which we do know. And testify that we have seen and received, you receive not our witness. If I had told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And these things came after these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them, and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Enon, near Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that, isn't interesting, Nicodemus called Jesus who? They called John, Rabbi. He that was with thee beyond Jordan and whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, this my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. In what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. But he that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth where? That's John the Baptist's testimony at the end of that chapter. The last, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets... In this chapter, we see three biblical imperatives. Three biblical imperatives. You say, well, what is an imperative? It's a commanding. It's a command. It's distinguished between an advisory or a discretionary act. You can advise some people. That's different than commanding them. Amen? Amen? You have discretion in certain choices you make. But when God says something and it's an imperative with him, that's not something that you have any discretionary choice in. And we see three of them here. And the three that we're going to show you, they're simple ones, but I want you to understand when I couldn't preach the message I was working on, I'm saying, okay, Lord, what would you have me to do? I started looking Had a a short message thought and then developed this one. And it's the three biblical imperatives are found in John chapter 3, verse 7. There's one Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be what? That's the must of the sinner. It's an imperative, it's a command of God. See, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And you say, but this is a Wednesday night crowd. All right? How many of you as a young person thought you made a profession of faith and then got saved later than that? There's people sitting here that that was part of their life. So I believe every message should have some element of salvation in it. Okay? And so when we see this, he says you must be born again. Now look at Acts chapter 16. Put a marker in John 3. We're coming back to it. In Acts chapter 16, In verse 25, and it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They were in prison, in the Philippi, in the jail, because they had been witnessing and testifying of the need of the must of the sinner. Right? And they got put in prison. It tells you that they were put in stocks. They weren't just chained to the wall. They were in stocks. Okay, and their feet were chained, their hands were chained, they weren't in a place of moving. And when you find out with them, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and what? Saying praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. You know, Jesus came to set the prisoners free. So the man of God had to go to prison and the other prisoners could then relate to them. And did they have the attitude of like, I don't belong here. Don't you know who I am? They were chained. They were in stocks and they're praising and singing. Can you imagine that about the goodness of God? He was God's free man who became man's prisoner, so that men's prisoners might become God's free men. You say, okay, but what's that got to do with the must? You'll see, as we get going through the messes later. Okay, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Jailbreak. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. That's the only way he could have saved his family. Because if they had got away and they were under his charge, they would have taken his family's life. You understand that? Don't believe me? Study out the history of it. Not necessarily in the scriptures, but in ancient history. What happened with jailers? And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And, but Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Isn't it interesting? Not only were Paul and Silas still there, all of the other, what? We're still there. With man some things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do you ever stop and think about that when you read the passage? It's one thing for Paul and Silas to wait there. It's another thing that all the other prisoners who were in chains and in stocks, maybe some waiting for death, were still there. Do you think maybe some of what was being sang? And what was being praised spoke to the hearts of those prisoners. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he asked the soul's most important question What must I do to be saved? That's the must of the sinner. And it is, you must be born again. And if you're here tonight, I don't care how young you are or how old you are, you must be born again. What must they do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And if somebody takes the verse out of context and says, oh, so I pray for salvation and my family gets saved? No. What happened? And they spake unto him the word of the Lord into all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour in that night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. You know what happened? A revival meeting broke out in the Philippian jailer's home. It broke out in the jail, and it broke out in the jailer's home. And the imperative there is you must be saved. You must be born again. How do you do it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 6 and verse, 4, verse 7 says, For I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath, doesn't say had or will have, it says hath eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth what? Should not perish but have everlasting life. The first imperative, John chapter 3, is you must be born again. Doesn't mean that you're saved because you were born into a Christian family. Doesn't mean that you're saved because some kids went to the altar and you went with them and they asked about salvation and so you asked too and so then you all prayed. For as a man believeth in his heart, so was he. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of their salvation. I'm trying to help them look into truly be able to find the peace that comes from that. So the first must we see, the first imperative is the must of the sinner. The second imperative is found in John chapter, four, or John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so what? Must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Son of Man, he must be lifted up. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32, And if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's good for you to tell people about your Christian testimony, how you got saved. Your testimony won't save them. It may catch their attention. You telling them you must be born again won't save them. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And to me, any Christian who doesn't know how to lead another person to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ is backslidden. They're lazy and they're not performing God's will. He must be lifted up. He must be lifted up. You won't lift him up to others who are lost in salvation if you haven't lifted him up to the place where he is right now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever liveth to make what? Intercession for you and me. Do you ever think about that? Intercessory position of Jesus Christ? He went from the manger to the cross, to the grave, to hell. Now he's in heaven, and he's in the most exalted position he can have in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So not only must Jesus be lifted up for people to look to him, he must be lifted up in our lives And we must look to him or they will not see him lifted up. If I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. me. Philippians chapter 2. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, that's Jesus, isn't it? Hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow (coughs) of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth. And that what? Every what? My tongue, your tongue. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord lifted up to the glory of God the Father. And if I, if I be lifted up, I will You want to see people saved in your family? You can cry over them. You can pray over them. But are you lifting him up Before them. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's the must of the sinner, it's imperative. You must be born again. There's the must of the Savior, he must be lifted up. And the third imperative that we find in our chapter go back to John chapter 3. See, and I won't keep you too late, I promise. John chapter 3. John the Baptist is speaking. And he says in verse 29, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, that's John the Baptist speaking of himself, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must what? But I must... You know what the last imperative is? It's the imperative of the servant. He must be lifted up. He must increase. I must decrease. Decrease. That's an attitude of humility. We get in so many problems because we don't humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt us in due time. We just finished Christmas. Was it about him? Was he lifted up? Or were parents worried about their children having a nice Christmas. He must increase, I must decrease. You know, I love being a grandparent. I can get even with my children, through my grandparency. I'm the grumpy grandpa. Right, Derek? (laughs) <laughs> uh, not all the time. But okay, well, the thing is, I also get to spoil them. You know, and what I really like to do is give them a lot of sugar before they <laughs> they go to bed. I, okay, so then the parents have to deal with them. All right? And I just, my mother used to tell me that a grandchild is a grandparent's best revenge on her children for what they put her through. Okay? And so I want you to think about that. But you know what it comes down to? We will put our children on a pedestal. Okay? You know what Pastor Kennedy's Kennedy's first name was from his father that I knew him? Sinner boy. Hey, sinner boy, come here. You know what he wanted to know he was? A sinner who must be born again. Do your children know they must be born again? Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is they can't be found until they know they're lost. He must be lifted up for them to know they're lost. When we make it more about ourselves than we do about him, They aren't going to know. They aren't going to know. He must increase. I must decrease. That's hard because you know know what the world teaches us on everything? You must take care of yourself first. If you don't know how to love yourself, you'll never be able to love someone else. That's contrary to the teaching of God's word. If you love yourself first, you're never going to love people the way God would have you to love them. You'll get offended by what people do to you the more you love yourself. Am I making sense? Okay, go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and we'll be done. The first imperative is the must of the sinner. You must be born again. The second imperative, everything else revolves around it. like, you know, Jesus is in the center, there's three in this chapter, there's three musts. He's the center must. There was three crosses. He was the cross where the center, the man in the middle. He must the Son of Man must be lifted up. 1 Peter chapter 5. I have to come back to this because I have to deal with myself all the time, okay? Because I have to look at this and yeah. <laughs> My wife was gone. I came home. I hadn't eaten yet. And I turned around and I went out into the. the she's been breaking down Christmas decorations, right? She's breaking down Christmas decorations and there's still candy in containers out in there. And I'm going to be starting this cleanse. So I'm looking, and I go, oh. So I'm quietly opening up these canisters. She's not there, and I open up quietly. And I go to put them in my mouth and take a bite, and I hear Sammy from the center island. Papa, are you eating something you're not supposed to? (laughs) Yes. Can I have some, too? No. <laughs> so I, she made these homemade mint cups, mint candies. I love peppermint patties. So she made some, and I go to eat this, and I come out. And he's going, are they in the room? And I said, I don't know. And he said, can I go look for them? I said, no. So I, I, can I have one with you? And I said, your mother's not home. I can't give you permission. <laughs> So then I ate half of mine, broke it off, and gave him the other half. Okay. But you know what a human nature is? It's mine. How many of you have ever had a note sent home to your parents? I did when I was in public school, when I was in elementary school, when I was in second grade I think it was when it finally came home, and the note said does not share well with Others. You know what I've had to learn to do? I can share my faith when I give them God's word. And I don't want it to be said in heaven that I did not share well with others. Three imperatives. You must be born again. He must be lifted up and he must increase, I must decrease. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.